It's time to bring in a shiny new year. A new year that is as fresh as a bouquet of flowers. The blooms are beautiful and the fragrance fills the room. And just as there are steps to extend the life of those flowers and to keep them looking beautiful, there are steps we can take to ensure our year doesn't end up in the trash after January. On this episode of Learning Rebels in 15, it's just me and you looking into 2023 and determining how we can set ourselves and our businesses up for success. And as you might imagine, I have some thoughts. So let's begin with the end in mind. On our last coffee chat, we discussed how shedding ourselves of SMART goals is the key to being successful. That may seem counterintuitive, doesn't it? Rather than setting SMART goals, which limit our progress and do not allow us to be flexible, we talked about setting BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals, and how to chunk them down into pieces that are manageable and have a higher likelihood of success. Now, I also created a short video to help you work through the Learning Rebels Big Rock Goal Planner, and I've included that video into the show notes below. Now, in order to set those goals up for success, it's important that we have established a productivity ecosystem. Let's be honest, how many of you are looking at a computer screen right now with reminder post-it notes all over it? How many of you are keeping random notes in random notebooks and are never sure which notebook is the current one that you should be looking at? Yes, I am raising my hand too. Have you all tried tools in the past only to discard them later? And as with most things, Learning Rebels and L&D people are all about solutions. We jump into the middle of a problem and we try to solve it. Now, we find that we do this with productivity. When a tool isn't working, we go off and we find a new one. When a process isn't working, we find a new one. So do you see where I'm going with this? The issue may not be the tool. It could be with the user. So maybe we have to step back and analyze why certain tools or processes aren't working. For example, you may not like the online tool that you're using, perhaps because you always forget to check in with it. Well, that's not the tool's fault. Why are you forgetting? That's the question. What is the barrier and how can you overcome that barrier? Maybe you need to set a calendar reminder three times a day to remind you to go check on that specific tool. It's easy to forget how to set ourselves up and look at the barriers and how we can overcome the barriers. It's just easier to go find a new tool. So again, beginning with the end in mind, determine your barriers that keep you from being successful and to help you out. I encourage you to review the productivity tools to build your ecosystem coffee chat that was held in July. And while we're talking about setting ourselves up for success and beginning with the end in mind, it's an important time to stop and have a conversation about learning from failure. Failure is part of life. Oh, sure, some of those failures are bigger than others, but we're human. And the key is that we learn from those failures. And even more importantly, is that we give ourselves the grace to have patience with our progress. Quite ironically, 
While hosting the coffee chat learning from failure, my internet failed and kicked me out of my own chat. And then upon returning, I forgot to hit the record button. And we lost a little bit of that conversation. Now, it would have been easy for me to go back and get into the fetal position and say, oh, I'm so terrible at this. Why couldn't I remember? I should know by now and just beat myself up. But the thing here is that to remember not to beat yourself up, that these things will happen. It's easy to get caught up in the pressures of daily demands, be they personal or professional. So as part of your weekly routine, I would suggest you schedule a weekly debrief session with yourself. Talk to yourself about the things that went well, the things that went not so well. What did you learn from this? How can you recognize the symptoms of stress, overwork, or other triggers that may make you beat yourself up over the smallest of mistakes? For this, I suggest you check out the Learning from Failure coffee chat, and you'll discover there that you are not alone, that failure is a part of life. So I ask you, make acceptance part of life too. All right, now we've discussed goals, productivity, and learning from failure. It's time to move forward with the real day-to-day stuff. Well, almost. Here's where I would have you check to ensure that the projects you are working on or will work on are aligned to the business need. Our jobs as L&D providers is to help businesses and people be more successful than they were yesterday. And sometimes that takes the shape of big projects, And sometimes it takes the shape of small things like job aids. Whether they are large or small, ask yourself, how will this help the business meet its goals? And how will this help people meet their goals? Keeping you aligned to your North Star. Even if you don't know the business purpose behind the last e-learning course you developed, doesn't mean there isn't one. There are human-centered goals and business-centered goals on each project that you are working on. And this goes beyond the what's in it for me. It addresses the so what factor. People participate in a learning program and then they go, yeah, so what? So that the organization increases revenue and you increase your commissions. That's so what? So that the organization keeps its customers happy and your satisfaction numbers go up, leading to a bonus. That's so what? That aligns with business need. That aligns with human needs. So making sure that we have this North Star in focus will help make people more motivated to engage in the learning. We go deeper into this on our Connecting Learning to the Business Need chat. So I suggest you check it out. So now that we've aligned with the business, how can we be sure that we are tackling the projects that have meaning? Unless you've been living under a rock, you've seen the talk about skills gap. Interesting. A McKinsey report, the Skillful Corporation, link below, states that 87% of corporations say they have a skills gap. And 53% of those companies stated that they would rather reskill from within than hire. And that's good news for everyone. But here's the hard truth. According to the same report, When asked how often capability programs succeed at achieving desired objectives and business impact, only 61% of the respondents stated sometimes or rarely. That's the bad news. Now, how can L&D begin to move the needle? This is where skills gap analysis comes into play. 
A skills gap analysis is simply the difference between the skills a person has to do the thing and the skills they need to do the thing. Our job is to close that gap. Now, we can't close the gap unless we know what skills exist within an organization or within a department. This means taking a skills inventory or helping department leaders assess the skills their teams have. This starts with identifying critical skills needed. What are the top five skills needed for the marketing department to be more successful? Then where do the players sit in the depth and breadth of those skills? Are they interested in learning more? If not, why not? If so, how can we connect them to the learning that they need? Our coffee chat investigated this topic in June. The skills gap analysis for the future of work. I suggest you add this to your playlist. Moving on, there's one thing we all know is true. Culture will eat strategy for breakfast every day of the week. A big part of any organizational culture is the line or middle manager. They can be your biggest cheerleader or your biggest roadblock. And as an L&D function, we mean well. We put programs and content out into the universe to help support the workforce. However, oftentimes we fail to consider the disruption our programs can cause or address the perception of disruption. The manager's job is, yes, to coach and develop their people, but it's also to keep the wheel spinning. And when push comes to shove, keeping the wheel spinning will always take priority. So how can we get and keep managers on our side to support critical learning initiatives? During our coffee chat in February, helping managers support workplace learning, topics such as activating managers earlier in the process of the training development came up, as did reaching across departments through the creation of steering committees to sense check training programs against workplace disruption. Managers do want to be part of the process. How can we make better use of their subject matter expertise? If managers are part of the solution, the odds are greater that they will have their people actively involved in the learning programs. So I suggest you check out that chat and gain more ideas for how you can activate your managers earlier in the process. Now, there were other coffee chat topics that were interesting and practical, and they surfaced really great ideas, such as evaluating learning impact or inspiring self-directed learning. But where I want to leave you with today is the chat about creating a culture of collaboration. None of the things that I have spoken about previously happens in a vacuum. And since the pandemic, virtual teams are on the rise, and new technologies help companies extend the size of their collaboration efforts, allowing us to tap into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. But there are barriers. And sometimes the qualities that make for a collaborative environment are the very same qualities that create those barriers. Consider people with different backgrounds and personalities, people with different levels of experience and knowledge All of this creates great conversation, but also creates the opportunity for very strong disagreements. So how do we lift those barriers? How do we help people come together? At the very least, help people to create a 
culture of knowledge and sharing and building expertise. It starts with us and honing our own collaborative skills should be a superpower. For many of us, it is a superpower, but very often we develop our programs within a silo, only bringing in people towards the end of the process. Collaboration at the beginning of the process is what is needed, and it's a skill that needs to be further developed. Therefore, I encourage you to listen to the coffee chat, building a culture of collaboration and get some fresh ideas from the group on how to manage collaboration so that we avoid groupthink, keep it a safe place to experiment, and overall to strengthen our listening skills. So there you have it. Seven areas where you can start and keep your 2023 moving along and keeping it fresh so it doesn't die off quickly like that vase of Gerber daisies you may have on your kitchen counter. You can keep your initiatives alive and moving forward by keeping your mind's eye to the above areas, setting goals, creating your productivity ecosystem, learning and accepting failure, connecting to the business need, analyzing the skills gap, helping managers support learning, and most importantly, building a culture of collaboration. Thank you all for listening. And I hope you found my solo thoughts helpful and inspiring. If you have questions about the thoughts I covered or would like to share your experiences, find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I'd love to hear your story. In the meantime, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you'd like to join the live conversations, head over to learningrebels.com and sign up on our events page. So until next time, stay curious, be rebellious, and take over the world. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. For more content like this, or to begin your own podcasting journey, head on over to obsidian-productions.com.